Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Tuesday, October 24th, 2023. Summer has been great here at Cross Politic, and we want you to join us on this ride. First, we're no longer calling it the Fight, Laugh, Feast Club. It's now called The Pub. Second, we've launched a new line of content focused on family entertainment. We have our new show, This America, already in the pub, and our exciting new Rowdy Christian Guides, highlighting the practical guides to fun and godly life. Additionally, we will have the live streaming of our conferences and our past conference talks, all bundled within our new polished Fight, Laugh, Feast app. By the way, go download that now if you haven't already. Sign up today and head on over to FightLaughFeast.com and join the pub. That's FightLaughFeast.com. Now we go back over to the Middle East. Over 12,000 U.S. troops head towards the Middle East on 10 warships. As tensions equate to World War III levels in the Middle East, over 12,000 U.S. Navy and Marine Corps personnel aboard 10 warships are heading towards the Middle East, according to reports. Over the weekend, Defense Secretary Lloyd J. Austin III announced a series of actions to bolster the U.S. military presence in the Middle East. The USS Dwight D. Eisenhower Carrier Strike Group has been redirected to the Central Command Area of Responsibility, in addition to the Navy's most advanced nuclear aircraft carrier, USS Gerald R. Ford Carrier Strike Group, which is currently positioned in the eastern Mediterranean Sea. The USS Dwight D. Eisenhower Carrier Strike Group now joins the U.S. S. Gerald R. Ford Group, bringing the number of American warships in the region to 10. There are 4,500 sailors on board the U.S. aircraft carrier Gerald R. Ford, accompanied by five other ships carrying over 1,600 U.S. troops. On board the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower aircraft carrier, 5,000 service members, with further ships carrying another 1,000 troops. Last week, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin placed 2,000 forces on standby to be ready to deploy. The forces will now be ready to be deployed to the eastern Mediterranean within 24 hours, Fox News reported. The order came just days after after a Special Operations Marine Corps unit participating in exercises departed early as a result of emerging events. Over the weekend, Austin placed an unspecified number of U.S. troops under the Prepare to Deploy orders. Austin said in a statement, quote, I have placed an additional number of forces on Prepare to Deploy orders as part of prudent contingency planning to increase their readiness and ability to quickly respond as required, end quote. Meanwhile, up to six Chinese warships have been spotted in waters near the Middle East. IDF spokesman Daniel Hagari said in a statement, We need to enter under the best possible conditions, and this is what we are doing now as the next stage of war approaches. From today, we are increasing the strikes and minimizing the danger. We will narrow the risks of our forces over the next stages. This is why we have once again urged residents of Gaza to keep moving south, he added. As the Daily Fetched reported, many media outlets have taken Hagari's words as meaning they are preparing for an imminent ground assault. Now this, U.S. Russia's advanced THAAD missile defense to Middle East. I thought we had given all that to Ukraine, but I digress. Fears that the Israel-Hamas war could mushroom into a wider Middle East conflict rose on Sunday, with Washington warning of a significant risk to U.S. interests in the region as ally Israel pounded Gaza and clashes on its border with Lebanon intensified. Gaza's health ministry said 266 Palestinians, including 117 children, have been killed by Israeli airstrikes in the past 24 hours in the enclave, to which Israel laid total siege after a deadly mass infiltration into Israel by Hamas gunmen on October 7th. 
In neighboring Syria, where Hamas's main regional backer, Iran, has a military presence, Israeli missiles hit Damascus and Aleppo international airports early on Sunday, putting both out of service and killing two workers, this according to Syrian state media. Along Israel's northern border with Lebanon, the Iran-backed Hezbollah group has clashed with Israeli forces in support of Hamas in the deadliest escalation of frontier violence since an Israel Hezbollah war in 2006. With violence around its heavily guarded borders increasing, Israel on Sunday added 14 communities close to the Lebanon and Syria to its evacuation contingency plan in the north of the country. Palestinian Prime Minister Mohammed Shetea called on the international community to create a, quote, united front to stop Israel's attack against Gaza and allow it in desperately needed aid, which has only begun to trickle in. Quote, we place at the top of our priorities stopping the Israeli aggression and bringing in medical relief aid to prevent a major humanitarian catastrophe. That was Shetea, who said that in a meeting with 25 ambassadors, representatives, and councils. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said on Saturday that Washington would send more military assets to the Middle East in support of Israel and strengthen the U.S. defense posture in the region after recent escalations by Iran and its proxy forces, a reference to Hezbollah, Palestinian, and other militants. Austin said a terminal high-altitude Area Defense, or THAAD, THAAD system and extra Patriot Air Defense Missile System battalions will be sent to the region and more troops put on standby. Iranian security officials told Reuters Iran's strategy was for Middle East proxies like Hezbollah to pursue limited strikes on Israeli and U.S. targets, but to avoid a major escalation that would draw in Tehran a high-wire act for the Islamic Republic. Israel unleashed an aerial blitz on Gaza to its southwest after Hamas militants breached the border on October 7th and killed 1,400 people, mainly civilians, and took 212 hostages back to Gaza. Gaza's health ministry said on Sunday that Israel's air and missile strikes in retaliation had killed at least 4,741 and wounded 15,898, with over a million of the densely populated enclaves, 2.3 million people displaced. Israel has amassed tanks and troops near the fenced border around Gaza for a planned ground invasion aiming to annihilate Hamas after several inconclusive wars dating back to its seizure of power there in 2007 after Israel ended a 38-year occupation. Several Egyptian guards on the border with Gaza suffered minor injuries on Sunday after being accidentally hit by fragments of a shell from an Israeli tank. The Egyptian army said Israel's defense force expressed sorrow regarding the incident, which it said it was being investigated. Hamas's armed wing said it had fired more rockets at Tel Aviv on Sunday. There was no immediate word of damage or casualties. With Israel keeping up daily bombings, Palestinians said they received renewed Israeli military warnings to move from Gaza's north to the south to avoid the deadliest theater of the war. They said military leaflets dropped on the territory just 45 kilometers or 28 miles long contain the added warning that they could be identified as sympathizers with terrorist organizations if they stayed put. Gaza's health ministry said most of the dead from airstrikes over the past 24 hours were in Gaza's south. Israel says it is only targeting militants and that they often use residential buildings as cover. The first humanitarian aid convoy allowed into Gaza since war erupted arrived in southern Gaza from Egypt on Saturday after days of negotiations. The UN said the 20-truck convoy brought life-saving medical supplies and some food. A second convoy of around 19 trucks loaded with medical and food supplies entered the Egyptian side of the Rafah crossing on Sunday and was being inspected before proceeding into Gaza, this according to sources. An explosion and ambulance sirens were heard on Sunday 
afternoon, shortly after the second convoy had entered the crossing, witnesses said. The cause and exact location were not immediately clear. The U.N. Humanitarian Aid Office said that the volume of aid entering so far was just 4% of the daily average before hostilities and fraction of what was needed with food, water, medicines, and fuel stocks running out. Deprived of electricity and water, Gazans in the southern town of Khan Yunus said that they were struggling to feed their children. Quote, we are suffering extremely, waiting since dawn to get bread. If this continues for two more days, it will be catastrophic. That was Salih Skafi, a father of four from North Gaza, now sheltering in Khan Yunus. Now on this note, let's take a look at the overall situation across the globe. Rattled U.S. government fears wars could spread. Never before have we talked about so many top government officials who, in private, are so worried about so many overseas conflicts at once. We don't like to sound dire, but to sound a siren of clinical, clear-eyed realism. U.S. officials say this confluence of crises poses epic concern and historic danger. Officials tell us that inside the White House, this was the heaviest, most chilling week since President Biden took office just over 1,000 days ago. Former Defense Secretary Bob Gates, who ran the Pentagon under presidents of both parties, George W. Bush and Barack Obama, tells us America is facing the most crises since World War II ended 78 years ago. He explains that the White House's system overload like this, quote, there's this gigantic funnel that sits over the table in the Situation Room and All the problems in the world end up coming through that funnel at the same eight or ten people. There's a limit to the bandwidth those eight or ten people can have, end quote. Israel's response to Hamas terrorist attacks and growing fear of spreading war that reaches to Iran and beyond. Officials point to the protests, threats, and deadly anti-American warnings of Arab nations that they thought incorrectly Israel struck a hospital in Gaza, killing hundreds. This is a preview of what they fully expect will be a worldwide response to the expected Israeli invasion of Gaza. The U.S. is deploying two aircraft carriers to the region, as I mentioned earlier. A U.S. Navy destroyer on Thursday shot down missiles from Yemen that appeared to be headed towards Israel. U.S. troops were fired on this week by drones in Syria and Iraq. Vladimir Putin meeting in China this week with Xi Jinping to further strengthen their anti-America alliance. In a new foreign affairs article that top officials are sharing, Gates argues that both leaders believe America and other big democracies are past their prime and have entered an irreversible decline. Putin and G sniff weaknesses and are activating on many fronts. This Reuters headline says it all. Russia says it is coordinating Middle East policy with China. A malicious Iran. It's unclear how involved Iran was in orchestrating or assisting the Hamas terrorist attacks, but officials seem certain there are ties. More worrisome, U.S. officials fear Hezbollah, a much bigger terrorist group than Hamas, funded by Iran, will strike the moment Israel gets stuck in Gaza. Biden said Thursday night that his Oval Office address, quote, Iran is supporting Russia in Ukraine and it's supporting Hamas and other terrorist groups in the region. Then there's the unhinged leader of North Korea, Kim Jong-un. In his frequent testing of long-range nuclear-capable missiles, as Gates point out, the combined nuclear arsenal of Russia, China, Iran, and North Korea could, within a few years, be nearly double the size of America's. A new weapon is being deployed in all these conflicts, a massive spread of doctored or wholly fake videos to manipulate 
emulate what people see and think in real time. The architects of these new technologies and background conversations, after demonstrating new capabilities soon to be released, say even the sharpest eyes looking for fake videos will have an impossible time detecting what's real. Fake video on top of bots or fake people and fake written content is being used aggressively by all anti-American actors, intelligence officials say. Some experts estimate that more than 90% of content on the internet will soon be fake or manipulated. What scares officials now is how all five threads could fuse into one. The State Department on Thursday issued a rare worldwide caution warning U.S. travelers abroad of increased tensions in various locations around the world that raise the potential for terrorist attacks, demonstrations, or violent actions against U.S. citizens and interests. These simultaneous threats are hitting at the very moment the U.S. political system seems and sometimes is literally broken. It's not just that Republicans don't have a House speaker and can't seem to elect one, or that we might shut down the government in the middle of this mess, or that we're hurtling towards another toxic presidential election in which big chunks of both parties want different candidates. Former top intelligence officials tell us domestic unrest is one of their biggest fears, whether it's triggered by court rulings against President Trump or protests over war in the Middle East. Biden allies frame these flare-ups as a reminder that global chaos requires calm and experience. With age comes wisdom, Ron Klain, Biden's first chief of staff, told us. But there has been a total collapse of people's trust in the opposing party, the media, what they see or share on social platforms, and even the top-secret intelligence the government relies on to measure these threats. This, as much as the five individual threats above, is what worries officials. They know things could get worse fast and require tough actions fast, and no one knows whether Congress or the public could unite in an emergency. And now we go across the pond to London. London police declare calling for jihad is lawful as word has quote, number of meanings. London's Metropolitan Police have come under criticism for their seemingly lax approach towards pro-Palestine demonstrations and for giving excuses for those calling for jihad against Israel on the streets of the British capital. An estimated 100,000 anti-Israel protesters took to the streets of London on Saturday ahead of the demonstration. The Met Police warned activists that they may face arrest if they were seen to be supporting prescribed terrorist groups like Hamas. However, while several people were arrested in some investigations continue, the police force drew considerable backlash for appearing to excuse calls for jihad. Responding to footage of a speaker calling for jihad while standing in front of a placard calling on the Muslim armies of the world to attack Israel, the Met said on X, quote, the word jihad has a number of meanings, but we know the public will most commonly associate it with terrorism. We have specialist counterterrorism officers here in the operations room who have particular knowledge in this area. They have assessed this video filmed at the protest in Central London today and have not identified any offenses arising from the specific clip. However, recognizing the way language like this will be interpreted by the public and the divisive impact it will have, officers have identified the man involved and will be speaking to him shortly to discourage any repeat of similar chanting. Yet users on social media noted that the Metropolitan Police's own hate crime guide states, quote, the offense of incitement to hatred occurs when someone acts in a way that is threatening and intended to stir up hatred, hate content may include messages calling for violence against a specific person or group. What is the solution to liberate people in the concentration camp from Palestine? Jihad! What is the solution? They have the judiciary, they have the departments and army fighting 
and killing, massacring our people. Islam says, Jihad fi sabilillah, that the Muslim armies move to rescue the people of Palestine. That is the solution. While the Arabic word literally translates to struggle and has been used in other more peaceful contexts, observers noted that the context for the call of jihad on Saturday in London was a literal war cry against Israel. Journalist Andy Ngo, who covered the London rally on Saturday, said, quote, I was there and the speaker was specifically talking about getting military leaders and countries to mobilize armies of Muslims to go to Palestinian territories to assist those who do jihad against Israel in a holy battle for Islam. End quote. The Post has received widespread derision with author Douglas Murray writing, quote, Oh yes, Imam of the Met Police. Those guys definitely looked like they were calling for an intense inner spiritual struggle. Got in on that one. Political commentator Darren Grimes added, Shouting jihad won't get you arrested in Britain, but telling a copper that they look like your lesbian nan as a teenager will see six officers pound your door down. End quote. And that is your news for today. This has been your Cross Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a pub membership or a magazine subscription, head on over to fightlaughfeast.com. And by the way, our conference next year should already be on that site, so you can sign up there. We're going to be in Dallas, Fort Worth. And as always, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask about our conference next year in 2024, or if you want to become a corporate partner of Cross Politic, email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. For Cross Politic News, I'm Garrison Hart. Have a great rest of your day, and Lord bless.